0: I'm Yasi Salik and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify.
1: Something special he will never forget. What about someone special? What?
2: Over the years, Quill has talked about one person more than any other. A legendary hero who has saved countless lives. We could give him the Quill
0: as a present. Hello,
3: and welcome into the Ringerverse. the podcast feed for all things fandom. Welcome back, and happy holidays to Mint Edition the once-in-a-while podcast all about the latest fandom that you can't live without. I'm Steve Allman, senior producer at The Ringer. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, social coordinator at The Ringer, lord of the memes, explainer of the Midnight Boys, and he's still trying to figure out who ate his Zarg nuts. It's Jomia Dinaran.
4: Here's the thing, Steve. Like, peanuts, cashews, walnuts, I'm not really a fan of. Bizarre nuts, especially the spicy ranch flavor. I'm all in, baby. Precious commodity
3: during the holidays.
4: You got to have it. You got to have good, it.
3: What's a good. What's like that go to holiday snack
4: that you have? It's not, like a, not like a meal, snack? but like snack. We like I don't this, know, the, the Christmas cookies. Is it the what do we have? It's the leftovers from Thanksgiving, my boy.
0: Left. <laughs> for the okay, next. That's a long time. For the next. Time for, the next for the
4: next. Listen, you. Hey, man, you got to come to a Nigerian Thanksgiving, my brother. They today. will send you Home good how long does it last oh i mean with the jollof rice you're sure okay the, ham, the mac and cheese you feel me you be eating good okay. you be being good to at least tuesday okay. at I least won't, i won't tuesday. i won't
3: need to eat for the next week so those are the best parts like, you hear it all right well that's it. how we, that's how we got it well before we get to our exciting show that we got for you this month a bit of programming reminders we're coming to you on a sunday happy weekend everybody but on monday it's a House of Midnight, a special House of Midnight with Mal, Joanna, and Van, and they will give you a recap of the 1988 fantasy classic,
4: Willow. Jomie, we saw this before. <laughs> we saw this at Van's house, Van. Buster Cribbins is like, all right, we're going to watch Willow. We are like, I don't know about this, Van. Van said, no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to watch Willow. I
3: don't know why you disrespected this movie while we were watching
4: it. Again, you know, phone I'm, from was down for me. I'm from a different time. Um, this movie was, look, it has its charms. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I see why Van in his younger younger life would absolutely adore this film. You know, uh, things have changed. It's 2022. Uh, you know, there are uh, other things that I could be watching. Absolute tragedy that you disrespect <laughs> Peak Val Kilmer this way.
3: And then on Wednesday, Joanna and Van will be giving you their thoughts on the season premiere of the Disney Plus show of same name willow
4: 2022 i can't believe we've got it's a double willow week uh this is very special listen i'm excited for willow wednesdays i don't know about you the movie Uh might not movie may not have been it but the show we're gonna have to see i
3: I got a feeling this this show is gonna surprise you all right we have not no screener gate happenings (laughs) here but you know there's some surprises along the way Uh, let's see all right well on today's show on today's mint edition We're looking at the glorious Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special directed by James Gunn, and later we're going to have a discussion with James Gunn himself on the pod for you today. And who's having that conversation? Pray tell. Well, it's our new co-host for today, writer at The Ringer. It's Daniel Chin. What's up, Daniel? Hey, Steve. Jomi. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. DC, welcome to the show, man. It's a supreme pleasure and honor. Thank you for coming back from Lindbergh and Associates to, you know, <laughs> do some file work with us. I, uh, I, I'm really excited to talk about this, uh, but before we get to it, we got to have a quick little spoiler warning for everybody that's listening, the friends at home. Quick spoiler warning for everything that is Guardians lore. That means Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, oh, and the rest of the entire MCU today, just in case you were wondering. All right, with all of that said, let's get into it. Just some quick nuts and bolts for everybody. This is a holiday special written and directed by James Gunn, starring your favorite Guardians of the Galaxy crew, Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Karen Gillan, Vin Diesel, Dave Bautista, and Pom Kemetiff, and introducing a little-known actor called Kevin Bacon. Guys, the cast is stacked this holiday season. What did you think about, about our returning cast
4: of Guardians? It was good to see everybody back together. You know, it's been a minute. Last time we saw the Guardians was in Thor: Love and Thunder. You know they've grown, they've changed a little bit, and you can see in this iteration it's a little different. You know we'll talk about Groot, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Star Lord, but they're very much they're very much changed. So I'm interested to see. Like I don't think we'll see what happened over that time, but it's it's cool that they they've grown up a little bit.
3: It's it's wonderful to see, and this is being. The second Marvel special presentation that we get previously, Werewolf by Night, during the Halloween season, Spooky Season, and filmed during the shooting of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, mainly persisting of Drax and Mantis taking a little adventure to capture Kevin Bacon to give him to Peter Quill in the spirit of the holidays, so that he can have a better Christmas this year. Guys, let's start with thoughts overall, Daniel. We've been seeing our Guardians sporadically since this time. What do you think about this new adventure? Was this a good little iteration and adventure for the holiday season? Or was it, you know, a little less to be desired?
5: I thought it was a lot of fun, honestly. Like, this just being the second uh, special presentation, as you said. Like, I think both of them have been, like, really great. And, like, this was just, I don't know, an opportunity to get... Uh, Drax and uh, Mantis a chance to shine like I thought they had really good comedic chemistry in in volume 2 and like just having both of them here and like doing such a ridiculously over the top like (laughs) side quest where they're abducting Kevin Bacon like I I thought it was a nice little chance to you know reconnect with uh, the Guardians team uh, before
4: uh, volume 3 comes out you
3: know Jummy, let's hear it
4: man I can only second what Daniel said I had a ton of fun like again seeing everybody back together was just really great on my heart and you know the the special does a really good job of speaking to what makes christmas special you know family friends being there for each other it was it was really awesome and so i really think that you know while watching this you're going to be all warm in the tummy and feel real special like oh this is this <laughs> is what christmas is all about and that's what you want from a christmas special right so yeah man it was cool it was good
3: uh, let, let's go with the beginning and start off with talking about this uh, kind of odd little animated sequence that we get for uh, Peter Quill's first Christmas. I was genuinely scratching my head when I first saw the opening animated ship and then uh, a uh, I'll, I'll say oddly rotoscoped and weird quality animation well, sequence
4: here. The two of that's Yondu, just Christmas basically an animation, right there, Steve.
3: Yeah, uh, basically Yondu. Uh, uh, bah humbugging the Christmas spirit that Peter w- is bringing back with him to space, and uh, w- what did we think of this little intro of you know uh, Yandu being Father of the Year once again? Yandu as the Grinch to start things off,
5: man. Like I, I don't know, any chance to get Yandu back? I, I was, I was just happy, <laughs> even if it was just just as Michael Rooker's voice for a little bit. You know, him being a little curmudgeon on Christmas. Just the you way know, that, that he
3: that's... says sentiment. Is that what?
4: <laughs> there was no way Yandu was gonna be into that on the first pass under no circumstances i'm i was not surprised
3: well not not to, not to jump too far ahead but like is your christmas mate better when you're given firearms <laughs> i don't know man at like I 14 i don't know, I don't know. uh um, is that does that make him a better father <laughs>
5: I was. love that Mantis and Quill don't even acknowledge the fact that he's just k- giving this kid guns for Christmas too like Mantis is like oh that's so
3: sweet you know <laughs> which is like Yondu we can, what a guy <laughs> we could remember uh, the you know fond memories in Guardians Volume 2 when you know Qu- that was actually a fond memory that Quill was having as we were looking back on his funeral when like the young Peter Quill was like go- taking out shooting with Yondu and they were having a good time so yeah. you know we could imagine that those were some good memories there but it is a little alarming when you know he kicks your christmas tree down and then also just gives you deadly weapons yeah. uh and then we come to a interesting sequence on nowhere where the guardians are basically running the show because uh spoiler alert they own it now yeah we find out
4: that they bought it from the collector which is this like a nice little line that they mentioned and so when we see them again in may guardians volume three they got they got a shop to set up, right? They're there. They own it. How does that you know fit into the larger MCU agenda? I don't know, but that's an interesting tidbit of information to just drop on us in the first few minutes of the special.
5: Yeah, it's kind of wild too, because like I I watched it the first time and I totally missed that line. Like Nebula says it so quickly that it's just like. To me, I I had no idea. Rewatching it, I was like, oh, my God, they they own this entire, (laughs) like, they own the entire Celestial Head
3: of Nowhere. (laughs) That's a huge fact to drop in this, like, seemingly, you know, breezy and light holiday special that will certainly come back to us in Guardians Volume 3. Do we think that this is probably a bit more consequential for viewing for Volume 3? I know none of us have seen it before. We don't know any insider information. Uh, But... Is this kind of a little inaccessible for anybody that hasn't seen any Guardians thing, let alone just having seen them in Love and Thunder or Endgame? I mean, you know where I
4: stand on this, man. We're gonna go in a guy, We're gonna go to Guardians Volume Three, and then they're gonna say the same line we're, verbatim. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say,
5: don't get Joey started on this train. We're gonna
0: <laughs>
4: they're gonna, we're gonna sh- segue. <laughs> we're gonna get a montage of them forking over units for for nowhere, and no one's gonna be the wiser you know but if you would seen it you'd be like ah so that's how they bought it from the guardians of the galaxy holiday special yeah mm, Mm -hmm. i knew that you know
5: i think it's going to be a really interesting thing to see especially like you know with the first uh special presentation Werewolf by night it's it's totally self-contained and this one is like it's actually building on previous movies like it's building on Mm -hmm. you know the last times we've seen the guardians and like it's like let's see if if you know, they're expecting fans to have watched this heading into volume three. But I think, I think Jomi's right. Like, it's probably going to be a line early on where they can explain most of what happened, or like there'll be, you know, not to get too far ahead, but like probably some acknowledgement of Mantis and Quill this being brother and sister now.
4: But going yeah. into that movie without having seen this, I'm sure it'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, what I'm interested to see, and I want to get you guys' question on this how, how much do you think nowhere costs? How many units? I
3: Okay, I think that this is actually something that I would love to debate because while the actual like real estate and property and like enterprise nature of it all it can seem quite expensive, I bet you that Nowhere generates a lot of trouble.
0: Mm.
3: I bet there's a lot of risk involved, and I think the collector wanted out. I think there's a reason mm-hmm. that the collector would have just said, you know what, I'm giving away Nowhere. Where's he going to take all of his stuff, by the way? like That's a big development that we just wouldn't know. Uh I think that nowhere is probably gonna cost something crazy, but they must have scored pretty big in between Love and Thunder and now just to like get the keys to the skull. It's also, you
5: know, it's it's very much a fixer upper right now. After uh, you know, they probably bought it while still in flames from Thanos, so it's like <laughs> I think they probably chose a good time to purchase nowhere too, but I, I agree with you. It probably still cost a good amount from from the collector.
4: Yeah, see that's what I was thinking, like the Thanos Devastation. You know what I mean? Plus like it's just a hassle to keep up with. The collector had to sell low. I'm thinking like, you know, maybe eleven million units. You know what I'm saying? Ten million units. It's still a celestial head. You know what I mean? You have to have there's a built in price point there. But considering what it could have gone for, how much money, how much revenue it could generate, I think they I think they, they bought low on it, which is great for the guardians, a great deal for them. You love mm-hmm. to see it. Especially in this housing market, right? Right.
1: <laughs>
3: Well, speaking of which, uh, let's also, uh, you know, examine another buried lead. Uh, Mantis is now Peter Quill's sister. Would have been great to know uh, at any point during this. Uh, Does this, like, very early section reveal kind of come out of nowhere or was this even, like, we didn't really get any allusions to this in volume two. Uh, We kind of were just, plopped at this, you know, seemingly crazy revelation right now. And, you know, Mantis is, uh, you know, apprehensive about telling him because we're just going to, he's just going to worry about the relationship with his dad and that's going to be a problem. Uh, is this a little misguided? What, uh, what do we think about this early reveal and this conflict of interest for Mantis?
5: I was a little surprised. Um, I mean, I think like you said, it, it did kind of feel like it came out of nowhere um i mean no, no pun intended but uh like they i feel like they kind of seeded in in volume two where she's like mantis is giving her own like sad origin story about you know being i think the word she used was larva and uh ego like picking her up from her planet but like i guess any if she had been any clearer about him being her dad like from then on like it would have been like all right so they're related um but, to, yeah, I mean, to choose this to be kind of the center and, like, the emotional stakes of of this special, I thought was a really interesting choice. Um, and I don't know if it was totally earned.
4: <laughs> nah, I mean, it's one of the those things where you can get the subtext in, in volume two where it's like, you know, they're the only people who have any type of co- connection to ego. So that bonds them. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, he was actually my dad, you know, and he raised you. We both have like a you know familiar understanding, so you you'd, you know you'd say like oh like adopted sister you know like we both have the, the same father in quotation so we're close but this makes it you know canonically official official, hmm. and while that doesn't like you know break the rules or make everything you know crazy it's it is kind of nice you know because like I said the Christmas thing is all about family all about coming together, and so it was just like a little note little nod to be like oh yeah they are family. they are belated you know let's let's put that in so you know we have that that moment of family, which i thought i thought was nice I thought it was really really nice and heartwarming to see them like come together like brother, sister uh mm-hmm.
3: and, it's cool. and it's it's really the you know negligence of mantis not really leaving this information out there until now. Guardians have always been a bit about found family, about you know mm-hmm. uniting and you know. Picking the fa- the family that you choose and the family that you know gets you through really anything. Quill hasn't really had a family since he was six years old, and now he's been able to find this new crew that was is going to make him uh, another family again. So, like we'd think that Mantis would be fine with revealing this to Quill in like a you know more familial way earlier on, but then the spirit of the holidays comes over and we just got to all feel good about ourselves. So, as the sisterly thing to do. We've got to think about what to get Quill for Christmas because Yondu, kind of a Grinch, the holiday season. And we go off on a little adventure with Drax and Mantis to sunny Los Angeles. uh, And we're off to find Kevin Bacon. How did you like this kind of comedic team up between Dave Bautista and Palm? Was this a good pairing? Did you like this kind of like small collection of, you know, just really happenstance uh in los angeles to kind of get them off the planet and have a little adventure what did we think about this
4: i was locked in um they had great chemistry in you know volume two and then a little bit in in infinity war so seeing them back together was always gonna be fun i think the the i mean we could talk about the the stuff at the house that was really funny but the bits that got me at the beginning were seeing all the adventures out there and mantis yelling steve to some dude in a captain america costume because she has no idea how that works <laughs> i was just like yeah that's of course she would it's uh-huh. not that would never happen <laughs> like, clearly she does it. not
3: recognize america's ass of and, coo- no no and, and, like that's that's gonna come to bite you it really will you know? uh daniel what is, like i i can clearly imagine something like this when they're like filming on the disney lot and they're like okay we got like three days why don't we just like block off Hollywood Boulevard for a second and like have Drax and Mantis mess around on the Walk of Fame. Uh, was this fun? Does this add anything? Does it matter? What are your thoughts? I, I really liked it, honestly. Like I was kind of alluding to this
5: a little before in my previous answer, but like I, I just love the, the chance to see these two like get a, get a chance to shine, like especially for for Palms Mantis. I feel like she's always kind of been more of a background character. And you know, we've what we've seen Drax a lot, obviously, just since the since volume one. But this time we really gotta see her like shine and like her just like comedic time and like Palm was amazing in this, I thought. Um, and they're just such a ridiculous duo. Like, like seeing them like party together and like just like take shots was just like <laughs> worth it alone, you know. Like they're they're that whole entire time in, in Los Angeles, you know, they're just like doing their own thing. They're just like, yeah, hey, you know, let's just let the two of them have fun, and like it, it was a lot of fun. You know, like I'm, I'm not mad at any of it.
4: <laughs> Seeing Mantis become Jax's manager within like 15 minutes of coming to LA is real. Yeah, is real. She saw money making opportunity. She took her shot. You know, what I mean, she said, "Oh, you you paying for me? Come up off these bands, brother. Yeah, I'm gonna get this cash." And then even after they got out the club, and she saw the lady, she's like, "You surprised? Like, give me your money. Give me all your money." <laughs> Okay, oh, wait, well, Man- Mantis sees it. Mantis is outside with it. I quick, understand.
3: Quick side break while we while we go into the club. Uh, I, are we drinking with Mantis and Drax? I don't know if I am. I don't know if that's a good hang. I feel like that's gonna be that's gonna
4: get me in trouble at the are end you of the serious. That, oh, yeah, Mantis look like the life of the party. Where,
0: uh, Mantis? Yes, but let Drax me know is gonna going to get trouble.
4: You know that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I would. You know, what I'm saying Drax is at the bar. I'm on the dance floor with Mantis shaking it. You feel me? I'm finna be out there throwing hip everywhere. You understand? <laughs> That's what it looked. It looked look fun. I don't know what y'all was watching, but that <laughs> looks like so much fun. I want to I want be there with Mantis, but the, but the shades on it. Come on, man. Mm.
3: That look I like don't know where Kevin Bacon is, but these hips don't lie. That's what we, I'm we're saying. The, we're figuring that out. That's for sure.
5: I feel like Mantis is... Uh... Reaction to the first shot was somewhat concerning. I hope she like is okay. Like I don't know what type of allergic reaction that was, but the the, <laughs> the two of them, you know that that is that is quite a tandem. You know, Drax like you're not gonna get much dancing in, but you got you got a great drinking buddy there. I would not try to to go shot for shot with Drax though. Oh and no, with the Mantis though, like that. I think the two of them together, that's that is a
4: fantastic hang. I'm saying, agreed. <laughs> it's
3: a fair hang. All right. Well, in a drunken stupor, uh. We meet a woman that might know where Kevin Bacon lives, and dangles a star map in front of them for forty dollars. I don't know Jesus if anybody's God. gone on a star tour, <laughs> <laughs> but I got a feeling that that woman might have got, gotten what she had coming to her uh, when she when she fell for for Mantis's trance. Uh, forty dollars for a star map, and then robbing somebody—I th- I think that's fair for the course for for Guardians Lord. Like they they'd be doing that on any planet, let alone Earth. Oh, so, oh yeah, so I'm not I'm not too worried of course they've done plenty of heists before this i think
5: this is a you know we can let
3: this one slide yeah <laughs> listen if she, if she could kind of sleep thanos this is going to be light work oh yeah. yeah the easiest the easiest job
4: she's ever pulled right there <laughs>
3: <laughs> so and then with that we're headed to kevin bacon's house but as we hit the star map we get a couple of cameos from some other ones uh, one of which being john cena nice little peacemaker nod there you think they saw him uh, I think so. Or at least the they were like... two different wh- colored lines,
5: like, go off to, I feel like, kind of suggest that they were stopping in at the house. Or houses, that they split up. Yeah, they
3: split up. <laughs> like, I don't know. Cover better ground. I mean, it, knowing that they would have seen John Cena, they you would have been the first. You, can't you can't see him. You can't see him because they around. would have been the first. Okay, that would have been a terrible... That's a terrible joke. Good thing I didn't make that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we get to Kevin Bacon's house. All right. Quick pause from everybody here. <laughs> Jomi, this is a very important question, Daniel, you're going to be answering the same thing. Oh boy. What's your favorite Kevin Bacon movie? Oh,
4: my f- Oh,
3: wow. That's, wow. A, that's a good question.
4: That's a good question. That's Steve. a great Steve Steve oh man, that's a great question, man. There is a correct my answer here My Favorite but, Kevin you know. Bacon movie. Man, um so we I think, I think I mentioned on the on the podcast. It's clearly and very much tremors okay um, there we go that's that's um and so i'm just saying that because that's the only movie i can remember seeing uh kevin bacon in at the moment it's because it's a truly transcendent film that works on many different levels and it's just so credible so special if you haven't it's seen one tremors, few,
3: it's one of the few perfect films that ever exists it's great <laughs> it's
4: fantastic
3: daniel what about you
4: hmm
5: tremor tremor is a great response i think one of the first movies I at least I saw him in was Apollo thirteen.
3: There we go. So that, that one's up taking pretty high for me. Taking one say. of my
4: answers too. That's crazy. <laughs> it's when I he's in like the bathroom and he
0: goes, "Yeah!" Uh,
4: I've I've <laughs> seen Apollo. Th- I've seen Apollo thirteen. Forgot he was in X. That. <laughs> it's
5: that's a really fun thing to yeah. just like look through his IMDb page. Honestly, there were so many movies I forgot Did he it, was in. I forgot he was in First Class. I forgot yeah, he, he was, was in X-Men. First Class. Yeah, he was in First Class. Second totally MCU forgot.
3: debut. Yeah, yeah, totally,
5: totally forgot that though. Um, yeah like i think he was the voice in like balto he was, oh. a, voice in, oh. was a voice
4: in balto i was like wow that's, that's, that's one a, of my i hadn't thought oh. about that
5: movie in so long but a i love that movie wow, <laughs> like, no, kevin
4: bagman bacon look at the right? dude
3: A dog cannot do this journey alone oh. but maybe a wolf can fucking classic absolute classic no tremors is the correct answer tremors is actually absolutely the correct answer um but I, I would have said uh, Apollo 13 as well, because that's probably one of the most elite dad picks of a movie oh, yeah. uh, that could ever exist. I, Jomi, I was just going to straight up lie to you and say that he's in the Shawshank Redemption just because I know so you I, haven't I, seen it I, yet. I would
4: have I been and like, you'd have yeah, me. You'd have believed me. Get, get busy swimming or get busy dying. Or get yeah. busy digging, get busy dying. Yeah,
3: exactly. He, he, you know? he played as Morgan Freeman. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're off to Kevin Bacon's house. Uh, how do you think Kevin Bacon did in, the,
4: in his uh, second mcu uh, debut his second marvel film as himself i think we have to ask we have to ask big questions now right kevin bacon exists in the mcu does x-men First yes. exist in the mcu right oh mm, like, Lord. Uh, like a, <laughs> you know like we know footloose does right we know you know apollo 13 probably exists you know mm-hmm. does fox nixon does the woodsman does mystic river yeah, Part of the gotta...
5: 13th does now too, because they, they were talking about Jason Voorhees in there. So.
4: Exactly, yeah. right? So hey man, did you see that one X-Men movie with those those mutants? That was crazy, huh? <laughs> Kevin Bacon was so great in that movie. Just, what are you talking about, bro What are the, the X-Men, dog? Like, we those mutants exist in real life now. What if man? Kevin
3: Bacon is the first person to say X-Men in, <laughs> in the MCU? Nah, because uh, it, I... Cause it, cause what I immediately think is like, oh, okay. So he's not gonna be the celebrity cameo in volume three, which is what I thought
4: could have happened. Yeah.
3: Uh, but they wouldn't possibly spoil that twice.
4: No, here's what you do. You bring him, they said he's coming back for Easter, right? You bring him back there. What's up, guys? Remember okay, so confirmed. Guardians Special?
3: three takes place during Easter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now nah, I think
4: he was I think he was very much, you know, playing himself, which is, you know, really can be I feel like can be hard, but for him. I mean, Kevin Bacon, I you show up, be charming, and it works. And it was awesome. You know, he was probably scared, but it came down time to be like, you know, all right, I mean, let me be, let me, be me. I mean, he was rocking the mic, you know what I mean? Like, I thought Kevin Bacon did really, a really good job. He was funny. He was, you know engaging it was it was a good performance from somebody and, who, and
3: apparently he had a blast doing it like, yeah. like multiple interviews oh, and said, sure. he's like oh we're we're having a blast of this like i mean this clearly wasn't on. a cash grab he was not in anthony hopkins check cashing mode here uh we like he was actually on set having fun i i thoroughly believe that
5: kevin I mean, bacon's got range man i mean he was, he was playing a, a british private in uh world war ii here too
4: you know like singing songs out here yes, yes. <laughs> guys guys crazy stupid love mcu canon
3: there we go. There we go. And we see him, fun fact, watching a movie called Santa Conquers the Martians, where Martians kidnap Santa Claus because nobody can give their children presents. Meaning wow. that I think that the Martians had a Santa Claus, and then that might have been a Tim Allen situation where he killed the original Santa or whatever. <laughs> Jesus but Christ. We'll look that up. It's on, it's on Prime. No free ads. But uh, we find that. And then I think that this is probably the funniest sequence uh, in the entire special where Mantis and Drax are attempting to break into Kevin Bacon's house. Um, was there any standout moments? Because I just had one that was like, that actually made me laugh out loud.
4: Mantis hopping from wall to wall was <laughs> like a demon. Like,
5: like, <laughs> that's 100% what I was going to say, too. Hey,
4: bro. like if like I know like they all they if figure it out. Kevin Bacon like understands. But in that moment. I would have called the National Guard, the SWAT team, MI6, CIA, mm. like everybody get down here. It's I'm gonna die. Bro. Like, oh my goodness. Could you imagine that coming at I, you? You have no idea what that is. Just you'd the noises terrified. coming be, out of her mouth you'd be, too. Like. You'd be scared as hell, man.
3: <laughs> say, okay, a, a little yeah, but like okay, think about Earth at this time canonically in the MCU. Um, <laughs> First of all, did Kevin Bacon survive the blip? <laughs>
5: Oh, that's a question right there.
0: Was oh. Kevin Bacon
3: snapped? I'm gonna Maybe. say no. Huh. actually, okay. you know what? No, now I think about that. I mean, I we he don't probably know. Probably was. We got no idea. It know? was. Here's the thing. They would have had to age him up a little bit too. Some you pe- know, they some people like. in his family were missing him for sure. If that's yeah. the case, uh, but no, it's the fact that like, okay, humanity's had like countless tragedies. Let's just keep New York, the alien invasion of New York, in mind. I don't know if, like, seeing a crazy antenna woman invade your house, not that you shouldn't be unfazed by it, but they're like, okay, maybe if you, you see a spaceship over Los Angeles, you're like, oh, well, or something's happening again. Avengers are doing their thing or something.
4: I don't know, Steve. You know, I mean, in the MCU, they, we know they've seen a lot. Air was in the sky. You know what I mean? All these An things. Eternal was born out of the sea, and it's still there. Here's the thing. Like, we- that's cool but i can watch that on i'm looking at my phone and i see that you know i'm on you know i'm on twitter i'm, I'm watching television if a bug lady came into my house and started <laughs> jumping off the walls my brother right i'm freaking out there's no other ex- like oh man well the aliens exist now so this is cool no man mm-hmm. i'm losing my mind there's a- instantaneously expeditiously <laughs> Just them like hopping true. over
5: all the fences too, like like Ferris Bueller style was like very very funny. Like yeah, just out of like they were just full on creatures for for some of these things and just it like really like, ecstatic like joy that that's yeah, like coming out of them still is so drunk, funny. I think I think yeah, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. just Part still of drunk it too, just but still the hammered. Fi-
3: <laughs> the thing that actually that absolutely like floored me was when uh, dr- <laughs> when Mantis says do you think you could toss me over the gate if you, and then Drax immediately tosses her <laughs> over the gate. And then she turns and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know why, but when she says that, that just like absolutely killed me. And when uh, Kevin Bacon performs no less, like he does what I would only call a Jason Bourne down his uh, his gardening Uh, down the trees to, like, jump from his balcony off the trees, lands, runs through the garden, stops, turns around to look to see if they're still following. Uh, Just keep going. Like, you're doing amazing, Kevin Bacon. Like, I don't understand what you're stopping for.
5: I do love that he stops. He's just, like, so shook. Does not know what he's looking at. like (laughs) What was he going to do, honestly, too? Like, they're going to catch him eventually.
4: (laughs) And it's funny, too, because, like, you think like when they make the call, "Hey, Kevin Bacon, man, we want you to come in and basically pay yourself." Do you think he hit him with the um, William Defoe thing? It's like, "I'm not coming back unless I can do my own stunts. I, I want to yeah. jump from the window and land on some some holiday furniture and slide down like I'm a secret agent."
3: I think like, I think that would actually be great. It would have killed me if he just like randomly did a front flip off of that balcony and just landed on his feet. Oh my and gosh. nobody said a word. They're like, yeah, Kevin Bacon could do front flips. But even though athletic. Will Defoe is built different, I think Kevin Bacon is made from similar stuff. That would be nuts. Um, now, was this a major abuse of Mantis' power to abduct Kevin Bacon against his will? Totally, and I love it. Like, <laughs> it's so funny.
5: She's just abusing her powers the entire time. And it's like, you know, it's one thing, I guess, to to take a little money from the star maps person, but uh abducting Kevin Bacon and them taking him to uh nowhere uh on Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, no less. It's uh it's quite it's quite a move. Um but we've we've seen her really use it a lot uh over all the, the MCU movies. So I mean again, like she she almost took out Thanos, you know, put him to sleep for a while. It's, it
3: really is kind of a cheat code. Like really not is. Mantis is overpowered, but like if I could do that, You do it all the
2: time. Oh,
3: 100%. (laughs) Not for any devious reasons, of course. No, we would make billionaires pay their taxes and, you know, legal, sensible legislations are passed.
4: I think the like that whole sequence from Kevin Bacon's house to their fight with the cops in the street was. (laughs) I I can't even say it without laughing is they. Drax gets the, the, like, you know, Mantis does her thing with the cops on her end. Cop car pulls up. Drax flips it. Like, like, easy. Like, flipping a tortilla. Just whoop. Mm-hmm. Mantis like, hey, you can't kill them. Like, they're not dead. They're not dead. They're scared as hell. And Mantis is like, okay, well, that's good. Here, take, take this, this, this inflatable candy can that we found. <laughs> this, this will make you at peace. It doesn't look like a man, does it? cool we'll see you goodbye
3: (laughs) which is an absurd
0: absurd nuts
3: yeah and this and these are the great like james Gunn isms that i kind of like can see sprinkled throughout where like they just stop to argue for no reason like coming back to like that candy cane doesn't look like a man it does look like a man i want my little man like (laughs) like provides nothing to what's happening in the scene but it's just really like a fun dumb argument, and I think James Gunn might be the king of fun dumb arguments. They did that mean, a lot like in
5: Peacemaker. Yeah, exactly. Like something's happening, and it's like, all right, let's let's talk about this, and then it really like stretches out for a few minutes.
4: Right.
3: Way too much. Way <laughs> too much. Uh, also, the very good bit that Drax is apparently bulletproof, and it just tickles him.
4: Yeah. Look good for him. You know, we are always qu- wondering what. So his does this mean like, like
3: people in perfect. space are just bulletproof? Could Quill be bulletproof because of that? Or no. like no. no. And Drax, I think Drax, Drax is, is
5: built. Speaking of being built different. Yeah, Drax, Drax is built different. That that, that is guy is huge.
4: <laughs> you gotta be even in the comics, like his whole thing is just like being like basically like space Kratos. You know, he lost his family. Which again resurrected. Which
3: again, we glossed over that great line where she's like, I took a picture with the god of war. Yeah. <laughs> like an actual <laughs> hilarious. An actual Kratos mention here. I also I still don't know what their legal uh situation is with actually mentioning Bruce Wayne and Batman, but apparently they can do that. Good for them. Very funny timing with uh, (laughs) just James Gunn.
4: Yeah, (laughs) he's given his two movie
3: notice and is moving on to bigger and better things. When he's going to be running DC, basically being the Kevin Feige of that operation. Uh, But until then, he's going to get his uh, final playthrough with uh, these two special, the special and uh, his last movie as an MCU director. We're yeah. back on nowhere, and it's time for the exchanging of the gifts.
0: Mm.
3: We didn't talk about this before. We talked about it briefly before we started recording, but ushering out the Kevin Bacon box, and we all love a Kevin Bacon box, is is probably That's one of the, the craziest That's iteration so of crew nuts I've that ever you seen. You said that,
4: yeah, Kevin Bacon box, yeah. Dog.
3: It's a box of bacon. Have, have you some ever decorum. had those like, meat
4: boxes? That that's <laughs> this is a family podcast.
3: Have you ever had like one of the like they have those ads? Children out on are where they're like, to hey, this You can get a box of meat for like you know forty bucks. Box of
4: box of Kevin Bacon meat. That's not box of Kevin Bacon meat. That's nuts, Steve. All right, well, you made it weird again.
5: I didn't make you weird. You I'm made it weird. It hasn't been done already, honestly. <laughs> Is, it, promoting, is promoting it, ball Is though, this like know? a <laughs> thing
3: from Pan where where Groot says this is this is the bacon box? <laughs> it's nuts. Anyway, speaking of Groot, uh, this might be the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this Listen, is the
4: weirdest iteration of Groot I've my, ever seen. My one note for this thing that I can't see that Groot again. Never in my life. He's got the
3: tiniest head, again. and he's like. Sw- he looks like Kerm. He's like, so
0: He looks like swole. Kerm. <laughs> yo! <laughs> he's like, he's, hey, he's yo! Jonathan Kerm, are you going to let this stand? <laughs> oh, no. You going to let him talk about you like <laughs> this, Kerm? Kerm? Kerm's jacked, but he's got like this great na- smile na- on his na- face. Like, hey, na- na- no, 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 no.
3: Na- first of all, na- this is all love to Kerm. All mm. love to Kerm. All, nah, all love to Kerm.
4: I have never, listen, let me, let me, let me, let- Kerm, listen. <laughs> you need to get your get back. Man, you're not gonna let this man talk about you on the podcast like okay, this. Okay, fine. Here's
3: the ones that that I've done. All right, yeah, I look like Rachel Maddow. I look like Bo Burnham. Don't uh, let fight back the Curms Curms that slide. Kerr. looks like Swole Groot, and it's weird. <laughs> Steve That's doubling nuts. down right here.
0: <laughs> Why would you double down on this? That's so nuts. Isaiah, no matter what happens, clip this. Clip this, save this. Kerm has to hear this. I fought for you, my brother. I, I bled for you. Don't let Steve talk about you like this. You said he looked
3: like
0: he looked like Groot. <laughs> you said he looked like Swole Groot. Well, don't,
5: yeah, don't walk it back now, Steve. Don't walk, No,
0: he needs his licks. <laughs> he needs his get back. That's crazy. As a cop. If you told me I look like, I would stop this podcast immediately, Steve. I know where you live. I'd have to see you outside, He's literally made of wood. My God. (laughs) My God. Listen, (laughs) Kerm, don't let his
4: words get to you. You're you're a beautiful, handsome young man. The prime of your life is still ahead of you. I agree with all of these statements. Swole Groot? Yes. I had nightmares about Swole Groot. When I saw this episode, my brother? I don't know about that. He just looks like a Funko Pop. Dude, he looks like you took um the mountain's body and put a newborn baby's head on it. It's legitimately <laughs> terrifying. It's like, yo, there's no there's no way they can run that back for volume 3. I'm legitimately scared. Like that's the one thing. I'm like, y'all man, like it was cool when he was skinny group in the first one, baby group in volume 2. Teenage Groot in three, or in um, you know, Endgame and Infinity War and Thor: Love and Thunder. Here, it looks like a man's been on the sap, bruh.
3: He yeah. juicing. Well, no, uh, he's only do he's only doing bow flex for like the chest, the, for like the chest and the torso. That's it. He's
4: too
0: big. Yeah, he's, he's way too
5: big. I think it was like two of like the funnier moments for me, though. Honestly, was like watching, like seeing Swole Groot appear for the first time, just like. Dancing in the background of that opening song, just like looking at Groot, like saying, like, "Like what? What happened to
4: him yeah, He's like going crazy. <laughs> think, about, think about it. Think about like what he looks like in Thor: Love and Thunder, and what he looks like now. That's two different people. That's not Groot. That's a scroll. Frankly, <laughs> that's not what Groot's supposed to look like, bro. Oh, maybe he, been maybe in the he gym. is our secret scroll. He needs
5: to. Yeah. Oh, this is the start of Secret Invasion, right here. Listen, they're, they're plugging been, in Secret he Invasion here.
4: Two days at the gym. <laughs> No, all protein, no carbs, no sugar. You know what I'm saying? No dairy. Just, just eat drinking oat milk, eating oatmeal, right? And 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 lifting weights. That's it. That's, he knows he's got to fight Jonathan Majors at some point. Clearly, my God, what a terrifying game! It's just my only note. That's my only thing. It legitimate. I'm, it was like a legit jump scare when I saw it the first time. And like when he like when he, they're doing like the little they're playing the little Christmas song for Peter, and then he comes in frame. I legit be saying they're like, oh my God,
0: what is that? Like,
4: like, like, like Michael Myers, just popped up on screen. I was legitimately terrified. Again,
3: no, no explanation. I would really love an explanation on the physiology as to why he got so swole. Just like a (laughs) one line of dialogue. That's all we need. We're just like, oh man, like he hit the growth spurt or something like something clearly.
0: Like he wasn't that big
3: in Guardians one. Like, come on. I just Listen. I
5: love the the deep in voice. Just I, I love imagining Vin Diesel just getting back into the booth voicing a uh, swole Groot for this one too. <laughs> it's,
3: it's but it's like it's slightly upticked. So like we could assume yeah. he's
5: in like in his like early twenties. Yeah, they still call him a kid too. At some point, like this is like I, college. I don't know. You know, I college no age Groot. That's been uh, you know what a it is.
4: He's on that PGH. That no, plant he's on growth fertilizer. Hormone. Is
3: what he is. He's on fertilizer.
4: He's on that plant growth hormone. Man, he gotta chill. <laughs> gotta chill it's not good for you what is in your soil brute? Right?
3: all right come on now all right well a couple of other bits and bobs that we get here uh we see uh, the exchanging of gifts in the holiday spirit kevin bacon finally comes around and uh mm. the guardians exchange some gifts and we get some interesting gifts mainly from our one rocket raccoon finally getting his prized bucky arm what okay
4: there's we have to have a conversation how in God's name did he get that off? Oh, well, here's the thing. How? He, he's not the one who got it. Nebula got it, right? Nebula, Nebula got it, yeah. So I would love to Nebula see Nebula, Nebula. To, Nebula get that. Here's my thinking, right? It's two things. Nebula went to Earth. Nebula saw Bucky. You know, she was like, hey, need that arm. He was like, cool. Um, I don't know how to take it off. You got to call Wakanda and have them do it. He was like, bet. No problem. I can make it happen. Or Seeing this is like next level. Nebula was like, hey, I need a fake. I need a fake Bucky arm. um My boy been asking for it. I can't really take his arm. Ooh. Do you know who I could call?
5: Probably got a collector arm? on it. That was, it was a you know pretty convincing saying? arm, though. I don't know.
4: It looked good. That's what I'm saying. Okay, for, for she went thing, to go- Bucky, said, hey, can you call your conduct? She need a fake arm. It doesn't have to do nothing. It's got to look the part. You know what I'm saying? But then, like, What they give him, like, you know, like what they just give vibranium out? I don't know, man. Here's the thing
3: let's say, for the sake of argument, that that actually is Bucky's arm. That's Bucky's real arm that that was actually stolen from him. To think that she actually stole that. A, how? B, could it be a Transformers 2 situation where she disguises herself as like a lady and like takes
4: it from him? Nebula's not already a lady.
3: Well, no, you know what I mean? Everybody knows who <laughs> Nebula is.
4: You that's what I'm saying. That.
3: She's a big blue, blue robot person.
4: That's what I'm saying. That's why <laughs> if she flirted with Bucky. I don't know if Bucky's... I don't think Bucky's got enough game for that. He's been out the game too Bucky
5: long. Bucky was going through some shit too when we, yeah. see, when we last arm. saw him. I don't know. He's about to join the Thunderbolts. I, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, know what's going true. on with Bucky, is it? <laughs> you know. Like, what, what happened to his
3: arm? It's a, it's a, it's a, that's precious
5: cargo. What happened to... So his, his original arm got ripped off at some point though, right?
4: In Civil War, my man Tony Stark blew that thing off his off his body.
5: So what happened to that arm, though? You know, did somebody pick this up? Maybe well, he they. He gets just... the
3: vibranium arm when he lives in Wakanda.
5: Right, but so the original one, yeah, you know, it still, seems pretty still valuable has. still. You know, somebody. Mm.
4: I can't imagine the Wakandas are really cool about their like vibranium ending up, you know, in the hands of some space aliens. So
3: well, not to not to not that we're talking all too much about Wakanda forever, but you know, they're fine with some people having vibranium, which you know.
4: Sometimes you can't help, it's going to get out there somewhere, <laughs> you know. Maybe Nebula, maybe because see, they're all because Okoye was and uh and Shuri were at Tony's funeral in Endgame. Nebula was also there, you know. Hey, how you doing? You know, oh man, I'm sorry for your loss. Hey, it's cool. I love your you know robotics. Hey, it's yeah, you know, I do my best. I would love to you know study you sometime. Let me get your number, cool, no problem. Mm-hmm. Just make a quick phone call. Hey, uh, Shuri, uh, i need like a replica arm for but you know my boy Rocky. she's like hey say no more come through to the crib i got you right you know da 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 da, da boom we easy might know call. a shadow
3: broker or two that can get you that
4: <laughs> exactly slight work sherry you so, know make the call easy c-
3: clear clearly they did that from the tony stark funeral group thread
4: mm-hmm. group thread that's nuts yeah. Everybody, not,
3: everybody, everybody's exchanging
4: it. Well, it's like they're not going to do it
3: after, like, right after the battle. Yeah, like, well, I, don't, okay. I don't know if they're going to make an arms deal here at the funeral.
4: You
0: who just is you not just on the end numbers. game group chat.
3: Who who isn't on the end game group chat and who
4: is? Okay, group I know for showed, sure. Group for sure, not on group chat. Can't have kids in there. No. Um, they uh, you know, they kicked they kicked Peter out every so often. Peter put a like a meme. Peter be like, ah. Uh-huh, like I saw this black widow. We definitely widow mute me. Peter on the group yeah, chat. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Right. Nobody responds to Peter. I feel like the only like Captain America don't even know how to work a cell phone. Right at this point. So my boy, when he get in there, he he be acting foolish, like yo, you can't. That's not what that means, Steve. Like it's not how that's supposed to go. And like there's just threads of people correcting him. You know, Thor. Again, he's off world a lot, but when he comes in, his jokes are fire. Right, like when he when he put a joke in there, you just laugh and like crazy. I got a
3: feeling that Thor Thor doesn't really like he, he like when he says it, he doesn't know he thinks that he's joking, but it's really just people kind of laughing at him, maybe not
4: with him. All but Banner does good. is all Banner does is hit reacts like sure. heart, ha ha ha, burger you know emoji, burger emoji, exactly taco emoji. Like he not really you feel me. And then last but not least, um, they had to kick Scarlet Witch out of the group for obvious reasons, right. It just wasn't, it wasn't like, Dr. Strange was like, hey, listen, um, guys, um, so here's what, here's what my week has been. They were like, ah, she gotta go. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, Clearly I don't, I don't know.
5: even know if, if any of the Guardians are making the cut, honestly. I feel like they were just kind of the, kind of the weirdos from space for, for, yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe they bonded during the blip, you know? Yeah, I There, there I was like, some time where Rocket could have been, uh, hanging out with the crew. Yeah.
4: I think they I think everybody's favorite is Rocket, despite his, like, personality problems, yeah. you know? There's something yeah. about there's something oh, about Star Wars they just can't. He's the planner. The, He's the one that gets things right. There's some, you know, I mean, he was there the five years, so they know him the best, you know, mm. and Nebula too, right? But something about Peter Is just like I don't know, man. I don't trust that dude. I mess with the Rocket. I mess with <laughs> the, the Raccoon a little more. You feel me? Yeah. Like that's just what that is. Nick Fury insists on
3: being contacted by Signal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, uh, so what is the favorite gift outside of Bucky's arm that we got? We got a lot of dioramas. We got we see a lot of we see a lot of fun uh things we get cosmo out here
4: i love a good bit because the diorama bit is it's just so great because it's like oh look this happened in the episode oh that also happened and then you get to the last one with um craglin holding it and it's craglin holding his diorama in his hand it's just (laughs) so
5: fun it was
3: so awesome
5: very much in the spirit of christmas too i feel like with those with dioramas i don't know that it was was, it's perfect
3: a quick craft crew that 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 those guys are i love it we get cosmo cute little cosmo mm. We lo- mm? that's all you got to say this precious <laughs> this precious precious
4: thing yes how about that i didn't like cosmo what about that what if i was just like wow ah, man cosmo. what the hell's wrong with you Bottom how about tier dog. The, the, the russian, the how russian I space
5: dog <laughs> I with love telekinesis cosmo. powers did not do it for you,
3: Jomi. Did you like Cosmo more in the Guardians of the Galaxy game? Is that why? That's, that's probably what it is. Is that, that guy, why? Was,
4: the Russian right. did the accent. the voice was, throw you? The, yeah. did the voice throw you in I was ones? like, ah, man, what the, what's the Russian accent? Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know? for, for those who haven't played the Guardians of the Galaxy game, uh, which we, I think we both recommend, or all three of us would recommend, oh, I would absolutely very good. recommend uh, it. Absolutely. Uh, Cosmo sounds like uh, like the Russian dude from Rocky Four. Where it's like I, Cosmo must break you, like that. That was yeah, literally, it. and then. But this Cosmo sounds like a child, like a cute child. Uh, you know, different flavors. It's all fine. Very cute, still nonetheless. But no, different vibe for sure.
5: Very
4: different vibe.
3: Telekinesis as telekinesis. well. Telekinesis. That's
5: that's yeah. gonna be interesting to see play out. You know, right, clearly right? Cosmo's Cosmo's got to get in the gym a little bit. Got to, got to do a little <laughs> bit more with the telekinesis and that. But that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting
4: to see in volume three. Yeah. I mean, to see what his his role is going forward, but, you know, love to see a cute dog, no matter what they sound like uh, on screen. So, you know, it was nice. It was good to see Cosmo.
5: Yeah, you know, you now that uh, Baby Groot's being phased out too, you got to add a little more cuteness factor in there. Mm. Yeah, it's true.
3: Baby Groot's been phased out. We, like, That's he's, true. That's true. No no longer here. angsty teen Groot. Now we just got nightmare <laughs> Too fuel. much muscle mass, Vulking. Groot. Groot. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, before we end our show, we're going to be throwing it to a little-known director, little-known organizer of the DCEU now. Boy, I bet that's going to be a great job. Director and writer, James Gunn, with Daniel Chin. Daniel, what do you have to say about this before we uh, get to your wonderful chat with James Gunn? So,
5: yeah, it was a, it was a fun little interview. I got you know, to ask a couple of questions really, to you know trying to tease Volume 3 a little bit. You know, They're obviously usually pretty restricted uh at these press junkets you know you got all the disney folks listening in making sure that he doesn't spill any beans there but uh, <laughs>
0: uh
5: but it's like you know it's a lot of fun to talk about a very fun just special before the the end like you know with volume 3 being the last project ahead of uh you know i mean had to to you know cap off what's been over 10 years now for guardians of the galaxy uh i think it was a lot of fun to have this special come up and just the, the chance to talk to him about it and ask about kind of uh, the way it came together. And I also, you know, snuck in a little question about uh, Flula Borg uh, uh, asking about another, another Suicide Squad uh, cameo. He loves his
3: uh, cameo. So love to hear it. Well, awesome. with that, without any further ado, here's James Gunn and Daniel Chin.
5: So just to start things off, this is only the second Marvel Studios special presentation after Werewolf by Night, and it's the first one that's really an extension from previous films. How did this project come about in the first place?
2: Well, I mean, it was about uh, it was many years ago, and uh, I had brought up a you know holiday special from very early on, probably after Volume One, but we were in post production on Volume Two when I brought it up and said it to Kevin, and Kevin was like, "We should actually do that." He brought it up to Bob Iger at the time. And now uh, Bob Iger was like, oh, yeah, let's do that for ABC. This is before Disney Plus even existed. Oh, wow. and, uh, and then that's where it all started. I wrote it really quickly. And then we shot it simultaneous to Volume 3. Amazing. So how did the
5: process just compare to, to the work that you've been doing on the feature-length films with, with Guardians?
2: I mean, in, the, in this particular case, it was a lot of fun. You know, Volume 3 is actually a pretty um, emotional movie. So it's 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 heavy in a lot of ways. We still have all of the fun of the Guardians, but with a serious story. And so, and, and it's just making a film is a little more painstaking. You know, you got to get all the shots exactly right. Oh, Whereas yeah. this to us was like a blast. It was almost like our days off. You know, we're doing this wacky, goofy thing. And every few days we, you know, would shoot uh, volume three. And then every few days we'd shoot this. So it was just kind of going back and forth. And it was just a lot of fun to shoot you know, and make in general. It's just so goofy and so not serious. It made the stakes much lower when, you know, when we were doing it.
5: Yeah, totally. And uh, I mean, this is the first time that we've seen the Guardians under your full direction in in quite some time. But we've since seen them in uh, Infinity War, Endgame, most recently in Thor Love and Thunder. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I've seen in some of your Twitter Q&As that you wrote some of the scenes involving the Guardians in the Avengers films and that you were consulting on Thor 4. Um, so I'm curious, like, what were those experiences like as you played more of a complimentary role, especially as like some major developments obviously happened, like with Gamora's death and other things like that?
2: Um, well, I knew Gamora's death was going to, I knew how that was going to play out from beforehand. It wasn't like the Russo brothers didn't just throw that on me. They came and (laughs) talked about it beforehand, um, and how that was going to affect things. And it it worked out pretty well for the story I, I was planning to tell with volume three, um, from the beginning, um, so uh, yeah, it was you know it's 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 different. I think that one of the reasons why you know I wanted to do this story in this way is because basically you know Drax the Destroyer and Mantis have been really background characters for quite a few movies now, and yeah. being able to give them the opportunity to take center stage uh, in all of their anarchic glory was. One of the things that excited me about telling this story, you know, and we didn't have to, you know, we didn't have the the, the pressure of making a, you know, multi hundreds of millions of dollar movie starring Drax and Mantis. We we're able to do it in TV where it's contained, and it, they're just both so good in the movie um, that it was fun. And it was also fun because Mantis in Guardians Two, which is the last time we saw her in in any real way, uh, was the slave of ego and was sort of mistreated. And so she was a much more meek character at that time. This is later when they've been together for years and we get to see how Mantis and Nebula have, you know, become a part of this group and become a full part of this group.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I was actually going to ask about that because they have such like, incredible comedic chemistry and guardians too. And it's, it's amazing getting to see them really shine as the stars in this special, um, especially with Mantis like this being her, her biggest chance to shine yet. Um, But like how with her backstory, you know, this was obviously a big development. Like, how did you choose to really expand on her's backstory in in this uh, special in particular?
2: Well, this was always I mean, her backstory and her relationship to Peter and everything that was always planned. In fact, we shot scenes that explain that at the end of Guardians 2 that we just I just cut from the movie. Mm. Um, So that relationship is a part of Guardians 3 going forward. And uh, and so this gave me the opportunity to you know, sneak that in. There, there's a lot of stuff that we're Trojan horsing into Guardian Story mm-hmm. by way of the Christmas special, that relationship, but also the fact that they've bought nowhere from the collector. This is where they live. This is their headquarters. The fact that they have a telekinetic dog who is a part <laughs> of the landscape of nowhere? Um, and these other, you know, those new characters, the relationships, the way in which Nebula has taken on much more of a leadership role in the group. We see from the very beginning how Craglin is a very important part of the team. So we get to see all of these things in the Christmas special that then are sort of just taken for granted by the time we get to Volume Three, and I don't have to spend a lot of time at the beginning of the movie explaining them.
5: Totally, yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, Mantics and Drax, I really had to ask about Kevin Bacon and the fact that Kevin Bacon is being abducted here as the the central plot of this movie. Uh, So Footloose and Kevin Bacon had obviously been a running joke in the Guardian series like since the first movie. But how did you uh, land on that idea about him like being like the central plot of this?
2: I don't really remember, but it was very early on. So there was the idea for the Christmas special, which I pitched to Kevin. And then I started writing the Christmas special. I wrote the special in like three days. It was very quick. And um, when I wrote it, it was just the first thing I'm like, well, what? I didn't know how to go about it. And the Kevin Bacon part of it came up almost immediately. And I can't remember how I came up with it or where I came up with it, but it was a part of it from the very beginning of writing and was the thing that sort of excited me. And in fact, when I wrote the first, first, well, not when I wrote the draft of the screenplay, but when I wrote the treatment, there was a whole other element to the story that was like this action element. And I got to the end of it. I'm like, I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in Drax and Mantis chasing down Kevin Bacon and the (laughs) relationships between these characters. That was the story to me, not this other stuff. And, uh, and I was, uh, you know, I was really happy that we went in that direction. It makes it very different for any superhero story of any type, whether in film or television, that it's not really about a bad guy. It just is about the relationships between the characters. And if there is a bad guy, it's Drex and Mantis for, you know, <laughs> and Kevin Bacon.
5: Right. So what was that process of actually getting Kevin Bacon involved?
2: Well, Kevin was, uh, you know, Kevin was one of the, the cast members of my film, Super. Right. 2010 so i had known him i had worked with him and i love working with kevin i love hanging out with kevin and so we'd kept in touch and i just you know called him up and i said you know i'm doing this guardians of the galaxy you know christmas special and he's like oh that's crazy okay that's funny and i said (laughs) um you know and in it drax and mantis are looking for the perfect gift for peter quill they want to get him something really special and he goes okay and I said, and that gift is, is you. And then he just lapped his ass off. And he was kind of in from that moment um, and was a part of it from the very beginning. From uh, I think, you know, I had written the script, but that was it.
5: That's amazing. <laughs> um, so honestly, one of the questions I've been itching to ask from the very beginning is about Groot uh it looks like it's been bulking season for Groot <laughs> we've we've seen Groot go through so many stages throughout the years from the original adult Groot to baby Groot toddler Groot we got angsty adolescent Groot teenage Groot i'm sure i'm missing some Groot along the way but what stage of his development do we find this the swole Groot you could call him in this yeah uh, I call
2: in this him swole Groot. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's also he started out as ya Groot young adult Groot right <laughs> it's like the collegiate Groot you know um and I think that, you know, listen, I mean, I think that you can start to see this is a very different Groot than uh, the, the Groot in the first movie. He really is Groot's progeny. He's not Groot. Not mm. that Groot. He's Groot, just not that Groot. And uh, you get to see that he's developing a little bit differently. He's not a, a skinny guy. He's a bulky guy. That's his that's his, that's his natural body type. He just yeah. started to fill out when he got through his teen years. This Groot is a very exuberant Groot. He's very excited about things. He's got a lot of energy. He's ready to go face the world. You know, hasn't been disappointed by, you know, the, his his 20s as many people are.
5: <laughs> I love how consistently Groot is always just such a fan of the music, too. From, from the opening scene, he's just bopping along with the...
2: <laughs> yeah, he's the only one in nowhere who really likes that song.
5: <laughs> um, so you, uh, you mentioned her earlier on, but I also wanted to ask about the debut of... Uh, or sort of the debut of uh, Cosmo, the space dog, now that uh, she's gotten a voice. Um, So we got a little tease of her telekinesis powers and training. Uh, What can you tell me about this character and what should fans be uh, looking forward to from her in the upcoming film?
2: Well, I think, you know, uh, you know, I just I love the character Cosmo from the comics. Um, I love the dog uh, Laika, who Cosmo is based upon. Yeah. And uh, Maria Bakalova was on set with us the whole time playing the character, walking around on her hands and knees. She's amazing, amazing uh, actor and a great person. She was fun to have around and she really embodies that character. And it has a lot of Maria in her. Um, And so we'll see. You know, she's a she's a basic uh, supporting character that we see throughout volume three. And she has a good friendship, mostly with which you don't see so much in this, but she's a very close friendship with Craglin.
5: Awesome. And another thing that you mentioned in an earlier answer was you were talking about uh, Nowhere and how the team had uh, purchased Nowhere from the collector, um, which is, a, it seems like a pretty big development that's, uh, that goes by pretty quickly in the beginning. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about the background here. And I know your answer might be a little bit limited with this, but like how this might uh, play into Volume 3.
2: Well, it plays into Volume 3 and that they just, this is where they live now. This is their mm. home. Nowhere is the home of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you see, they've they've uh, you know have a bunch of refugees now that live with them, who come from different parts of the planet, who's had their homes destroyed or hurt or whatever, uh, maybe by Thanos, maybe by other things, and yeah. um, and they have this sort of group of outcasts around them, and they started their own little society of, of of people in this abandoned giant celestial head.
5: <laughs> awesome. Another question I have for you here is, uh, you know, you've had a lot of crossover with actors in your Guardians films and the more recent Suicide Squad and Peacemaker projects with uh, Flula Borg being the latest example here. Was getting him involved as simple as asking, hey, do you want to come serve some shots to Drax and Mantis for the scene here? Or what was the story behind that?
2: That's all it is. Flula and I are buddies. (laughs) Um, He was... uh, we needed somebody to come in and, and give us a line uh, about uh, Kevin Bacon for as a bartender, and um, and so we shot Flula doing that, and it was just as easy as saying, "Flula, you want to you want to do this for us?" And he said yes, and so he has his little cameo in the movie, serving up some shots. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah to, to Mantis, who obviously has a physical reaction, but still enjoys <laughs> her
5: drink. Yeah, uh, so I read it uh, somewhere else online that uh part of the inspiration for this special was uh actually the Star Wars Christmas special from yes. 1978. And uh one of the things that I you know I loved with this is just the uh, you know kind of the bookending of the animated segments with with you. Yeah. I was wondering if that was part of the inspiration there or uh, just really your overall thoughts about just the general connection between this and uh, the inspiration you drew from that special.
2: Yeah, I think it was it was 100% about um uh, being inspired by the, the Star Wars Christmas special, which is not known as a great work of art, but which I enjoyed <laughs> when I was a little kid. And I like the mixed, I, what I like was the mixed media of it, you know, the, the animated with the live action. So being able to make the animated part of this, you know, uh, was cool. We rotoscoped the scene. So it was done in old Ralph Bakshi style, style where we actually shot our actors and then they draw over the actual frames of Michael Rooker playing Yandu. And it's a way to put you know, Rooker back in something where I don't exactly got to see my buddy, you know, and uh, have an excuse to have him hanging around. Also, he needs to know where his next meal is coming from, so we we pay him a an hourly wage that's somewhat close to minimum wage, and he he's able to uh, continue to feed himself. <laughs>
5: awesome. Well, we're all uh, happy for it. So, uh, I got a, a last question for you here, um, and thanks so much again for your time here, James.
2: Absolutely, man.
5: Uh, so at Comic-Con, the Guardians presentation was, was obviously very emotional for you and the rest of the cast, as you all discussed the, the end of the Guardian saga with Volume 3 coming up after having started this journey over 10 years ago. Uh, what was it like getting to sneak in one more project before the end here? And also, what should fans really be looking forward to as the, the grand finale approaches?
2: Well, I think that um, everything, you know, in terms of sneaking in one more project. Yeah, that was fun to have a little bit more time to to, to hang out with these people and kind of, kind of tie up some loose ends before we get to volume three. Um, I, I think it was also, you know, I, I'm really excited about people seeing volume three because it is, you know, the end of this story that we've been telling since the beginning. You know, the story of of Peter Quill, of, of Gamora, of, of of especially Rocket Um and and seeing where these these characters where these characters go and um, and what happens to them, so I'm really I feel really good. I've been working a lot on volume three. It's a huge movie. Uh, it's been incredibly rewarding so far, and I'm really fortunate to have done it with people I really love and care about um, across the board. So uh, it's it's been a great journey for me. And I and I just want to do best my you know do my best by the fans and, and give. The audience is the ending of this trilogy that they truly deserve, and uh, a, a real trilogy, not one where, like so many times, the the third one just seems phoned in, you know. Mm. And, and I don't want it to be that. It really matters to me that this is the best one.
5: Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it, and congrats on the special. Thanks again for all your time here, James.
2: Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. And
3: we're back. To close with our final thoughts for this wonderful episode, the season of giving is upon us. And, guys, I want to say we're thankful for everybody listening, thankful for you guys, but are we thankful for this beautiful little
4: holiday special? Final thoughts. Man, this, you don't think about it. This is the last bit of MCU content for the year. It's We're true. all closed out. It's all shopped up. You know, board up the walls. Get ready for mcu hibernation and as a as a cap for the year i think it does pretty well it's enjoyable it's fun it doesn't take itself too seriously you don't have to put too much brain meat into it it's just a nice little thing to watch over your thanksgiving break and i had a blast
5: i I totally agree with that i think especially coming off the heels of uh, werewolf by night i think this new like beefed up marvel special presentation is like a really cool format to this have a little bit of fun you know like this was very low stakes uh just side quests for for the guardians crew and just a a real chance to like have have some fun with characters uh around the holiday season you know can't can't ask for much more than that and uh you know it's it it is a good little little tea it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays into volume three too so i think moving forward with these special presentations to see how they kind of decide like what they want to choose to do them. Like if they want to keep doing more self-contained things like werewolf by night or just kind of extensions of, of already well-established properties, I think it's going to be really interesting to see moving forward.
3: I would agree. I think this is a fun, nice breezy time to have. If you're a fan of guardians, this is obviously a must watch. And, uh, you know, while it doesn't exactly have the, uh, lore busting, uh, big reveals, that's kind of what it should, what I think that these Marvel presentations should be. Of course, you know, yeah, Werewolf totally. by Night and along with this, like it's something that's breezy and fun, short and a lot lower stakes than things need to be. Like, granted, Werewolf by Night was its own singular contained adventure. And so was this to a degree. But it's also a continuation of something that we've been seeing for years and just getting the, the band back together for a couple more times before we possibly see them off for the rest of the MCU. So mm. solid recommend for me and a solid recommend
4: from the rest of Mint Edition. I think what's interesting about it is, you know, he gave James Gunn what like 45 minutes and he put like 8,000 songs in there. You know, you I know, know you're getting, getting jammed that. All. Yeah,
5: you know you're getting that with the <laughs> <laughs> it, it's
4: just it's just impressive. It's just it's great work honestly cuz I was like, man, they, they still singing. This is like we could get like a 15 album track, just 45 minutes. Give this man, give this man 3 hours, man, we going to get a whole we going to get a get a Drake album, you know what I mean? Like 45 songs in this thing, bro. Well done. Just well done all around.
3: Well done. Well, that is going to do it for us this week on Mint Edition. But don't forget, on Monday, it's a House of Midnight with Mal, Joanna, and Van. And they will give you the recap of the 1988 fantasy classic, Willow. And the Willow Week continues on Willow Wednesday with Joanna and Van as they give their thoughts on the season premiere of Disney Plus's Willow TV show. And our producer, the lovely and snitch-worthy Isaiah Blakely i love you Kerm, as well and with additional production from arjuna ramgopal junior Mints. we are also very thankful for you in the season of giving and we want to stay tuned for next month as we give you another mint edition next month as well as some great year end stuff on the Ringerverse. verse jomi you got any parting words oh
4: i just want to say thank you all we are so thankful for you for listening love you shout out to isaiah and I don't even got a rhyme for Kerm. Kerm. Fight back. That's what I got to say. I mean Kerm. this is a compliment. <laughs> it's not Rude a compliment. Is jacked that's Kerm not is jacked. that's not that's the rudest thing anybody's ever said in life. And honestly, like Kerm. Kerm, Kerm is talk about, talk about his, to his fitness HR. And
3: I appreciate that.
4: I'm serious. You know what I mean? We love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.